Rational discussion, common sense, open debate. RCR, Reality Check Radio with Paul Brennan. All right, this is Reality Check Radio. I'm Paul Brennan. And now we're going to talk 1080 Clyde Graff in just a moment. First of all, though, to put you in the picture, an OIA from 2021 publicly available on the DOC website reveals that 1080 has in fact poisoned and killed native New Zealand wildlife. The OIA that I'm talking about states 556 black-backed gulls died in 2021 from a 1080 predator control operation carried out by Zero Invasive Predators, Zero Invasive, as part of predator-free South Westland. The Okarito gull deaths were a highly unusual event, they tell us, as it's rare for native birds to be killed by 1080. DOC's operational practices include measures to mitigate risks to native species, which are based on many years of research and development. For example, cereal pellets incorporate 1080 into a complex bait matrix to minimise chaff. Baits are dyed green to deter birds and scented with a cinnamon lure to attract possums and rats, but not birds. And bait is sown at low densities, 1 to 3 kilos per hectare. Monitoring results and independent research have proven, proven, that 1080 effectively protects New Zealand's native wildlife. DOC has a lot of information on their website defending their use of 1080. Under the heading, We're Aware of Animal Welfare Concerns, DOC states, Choosing any tool for predator control presents ethical considerations. And it's understandable that people are concerned about controlling introduced predators with toxins. Introduced predators such as rats, stoats and possums are not considered inherently bad, but their relentless predation is gradually driving many of our precious native species to extinction. To fulfil its job of protecting New Zealand's native species, DOC has had to make hard decisions about controlling predator numbers, although we are working on developing other options. At the moment, we have to control the huge number of predators in our native landscapes by using Aerial 1080. That's what Doc says. And here's how they promote what they're doing. This is the audio from a video promo on their website. Take a listen. We share Aotearoa with some pretty special native wildlife. For millions of years, their only predators were birds, and our only mammals were a couple of bats. But when early settlers introduced animals like rats, possums and stoats, they put our native species at risk. While in the rest of the world, birds had evolved to protect themselves from mammals, our birds were used to eagles and harriers, predators in the sky with keen eyes. So they had evolved to stick close to the ground and freeze to avoid being seen. This doesn't work when your enemy is also on the ground. So New Zealanders made a choice to start protecting our native taonga from invasive predators. Iwi, community groups, businesses and individuals are working together with government departments using traps to make our country safer for its native animals. In difficult to reach places where trapping isn't possible, 1080 is distributed. This biodegradable toxin is useful in New Zealand as it targets mammals, not our native species. It also breaks down quickly in the environment and doesn't leave a permanent residue in water, soil, plants or animals. 
We now have small predator-free havens throughout the country, including offshore islands where our birds can thrive. But we can't stop now. Lots of our creatures still aren't safe from predators. We want to create a new New Zealand, a safe, predator-free sanctuary for our native birds and animals. By using the methods we already have and thinking of bigger, more ambitious ways to protect our species, we can make New Zealand a safe place for the animals who've called it home for millions of years. Join us in making New Zealand wildlife safe from introduced predators. You might remember back to 2009 and a documentary called Poisoning Paradise by Clyde and Steve Graff. It's getting on for a few years ago now. It wasn't their first production, and I've just had a look at their YouTube channel. They're still putting videos up, most recent being deer hunting videos. Well, Clyde Graff joins us now here at Reality Check Radio. We're checking in with him. Clyde, welcome to our radio station. Thanks for coming on. Thanks. It's a pleasure to be here. Okay, so your fight has been going for how many years now? We first started uh, back in 2006. We um, were invited to an evening with some taupo folk and and they introduced the idea that we produce a documentary on uh, 1080 poison use uh, in New Zealand. Up until that point, we were pretty sort of ignorant on it all. Um, And we were used to producing deer hunting and outdoor action videos. And we had quite a good brand name going then, up to that point. Um, up to that we point. Were, <laughs> yeah, up, we were quite naive. Um, so, look, we we put together a, a, a soft documentary called A Shadow of Doubt. It played twice on Maori television. Right. Uh, and it was really just an introduction um, into 1080 Poison Use. We flew into the middle of the um, Firinaki Forest Park. Uh, we filmed in there for a few days on an aerial poison drop. And what we saw, we were quite disturbed by um, the number of deer it killed um, and just the way it was used. For example, just quickly, we were staying in a hut there. Um, the, the choppers came over, dropped the poison baits all across the waterways, as they always do, across all the forest, but also across the hut. <laughs> and so in those days, they were just poisoning straight grid lines and no buffers. Um, we climbed onto the hut and took the, the, in this case, it was poison carrots, uh, took the baits out of the gutters and, um, and, and, you know, removed what we could from around the hut site. Um, and that was our first introduction to the poison. Uh, just moving on from a shadow of doubt in 2008 or 2007, whatever it was, we we're in the Kaharangi National Park filming there, filming wildlife. We we're filming weka, um, the native bird. And, and we noticed it was consuming a possum carcass. And it turns out it was in a, a poisoned forest. And we we thought about that and thought, crikey, we're meant to be, you know, saving these native species from uh, from predators, et cetera. And here we are feeding them poisoned possum carcasses. Well, that's the Department of Conservation and the government agencies. So we were quite disturbed by that and thought that was just um, unacceptable. So we took the gloves off and produced Poisoning Paradise and we've been hated ever since. Yeah, so the rationale for 1080 poison use in our forests, in our you know heartland um, country, forest country, is, is what? It, to control possums. That's what I understood it to be about, basically that. Have I got that right? Is that their rationale? Yeah, the rationale is that... 
Um, the forest country in New Zealand is a bit hard to uh, access and hard to manage the back country, et cetera. Um, and the argument is that possums, rats and stoats and wildcats consume masses, massive number of um, native species, birds, um, insects, et cetera. Um, it's grossly exaggerated. Um, the thing about the aerial poisoning is 1080 poison, when, when the research was first being undertaken on 1080 poison, the scientists were a lot more open and a lot more um, interested in seeing what the honest outcome was. As we progress through the years, including to right now, the research is being funded by those who are promoting the poison, Department of Conservation, Osprey, those guys. Um, and in my opinion, the research is more just, it's just um, advocacy work, nothing to do with science. There's no blinding, no controls a lot of the time. Um, and and it's and it's just a promotional tool to get the science out there to, to approve more poisoning of the forest to kill pests as they are, as they say but the poison 1080 is broad spectrum it kills everything that breathes air so that's right from insects fish um, birds animals and it's even toxic to plant life so and it has no antidote so it's a it's a it seems bizarre and it's a crazy thing to um to be eerily spreading the poison um that that has no antidote and kills everything that consumes it. It's banned in most countries of the world. Um, but look, in regard to, if I could just, there's one point I would like to make about the toxicity sure. that people may be able to get. We've got a website called TV Wild. Um, the website's address is tv-wild.com. And on there, there's quite a lot of information, um, including poison warning labels and things. This, this is, it's all official information, government agencies, et cetera. Um, in 2017, the EPA in the USA um, revised their poison warning label. And what they say about 1080 poison, incidentally, they only use, officially only use around four, four tablespoons of the poison a year. Only in, well, in, in the entire United States. In the entire United States, around four tablespoons of 1080 poison is used annually. In a couple of states in the USA, most states it's banned, and it's used in sheep collars. The collars are used to kill the coyotes that attack the sheep. Um, but over there... Is that all is you need? Is that all not, you need? It's this to, to kill a coyote. Is, this poison is one of the most toxic known to man. It's it's poison in such, for example, a teaspoon of pure 1080 will kill over 20 people. Um, but the wow. USA's warning label here states, and people can look at this on our website, tv-wild.com, under warning labels. It's the official US warning label. It just states here, um, in regard to disposing of the wastes, it says, dispose of collars and other wastes contaminated by 1080, including carcasses, wool, hair, vegetation, soil, leather, clothing, and water, must be buried under three feet of soil at a safe location, preferably on the property owned and managed by the applicator and at least one half mile from humid ha human habitations and water supplies. Now, that's the toxicity of this poison. Over here in New Zealand, we're eerily spreading it. They're eerily spreading it. Uh, 
And it, when they do that, it's spread in cereal bait. That bait is cast across all the waterways within the within the forested areas. None of them are, um, are, are buffered except for large, extra large streams. But in most aerial operations, there is no buffering of waterways. And the poison carcasses are left to decompose where they lay. And often it's in the waterways. And the reason it's, that carcasses end up in the waterways is because a lot of wild animals, deer, pigs, possums, they, they live around the edge of the waterways where there's grass and their favourite food is grass. And so they, they congregate there, they live there, the poisons come across, they die there and end up in the waterways. And that, that water is consumed by people downstream. Um, we've done a lot of other documentaries since Poisoning Paradise, around 20 um, short films and docos, and it shows farmers, communities, drawing water downstream from poison drop zones. And in many cases, they're not aware the poison's even been dropped. Okay, a lot a lot to process there. A um, couple of things before we get on to, to what you've just been talking about um, just in the last part of what you're saying. Okay, you mentioned, um, Doc, who was the other entity that you mentioned? It was like a company name, well, was it? Yeah, there's, there's three, there's three um, well, what would call um, licensed yep. or permitted agencies. Regional councils use yep. the poison. Waikato Regional Council, where I'm currently a regional councillor, okay. uh, elected, yep. elected and Waikato Regional Council, they're a big user of the poison over the years. Um, we've got Department of Conservation yep. and what used to be TB Free, which is now Osprey. So they often change their names through the years, I think, just to defer interest. But Osprey, yeah. Um, yeah. So if we look at those three, Osprey and, and Department of Conservation are the biggest users of the poison. Now, currently over 1 million hectares of New Zealand forests are aerially poisoned every year. That's based on the EPA's um, data. Mm. Um, from our research now, because more and more forests are being included into the programs, um, over two-thirds of New Zealand's state forests, national parks are eerily poisoned on a rotational basis and it's increasing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, then, then the point about, um, I think you said it was exaggerated, the damage being done by what possums and are there any other animals apart from possums? I guess deer, they don't like either. You said it was exaggerated. That's an obvious question. How exaggerated? Um, huge, is huge that exaggerated? There's, like there's, ha, ha, by to what level? What scale? Well, well, they use RTC residual catch trap um, tools methods to assess um, possum populations, but possum populations in aerially poisoned forests that have been going on year on year are extremely low anyway. Um, possums only have one young a year. Um, as do deer. So the reproduction rates are very low. Um, these poisoning operations are happening every on a cycle every two to three years generally. Um, it's it's more about the money, really. But yeah, because um, the, the public's been led the public's been led to believe that mm. um there was this huge raping of the of yeah. of the hinterland going on by um pests, you know, from other parts of the world, not indigenous, and that the forests were going to be completely trashed and yeah like you say the you know the bird life the the fauna would be destroyed 
That's the yep. common impression that people have. That's right. And so we, we spend a lot Is of time. Is that not accurate? Forest. That's completely nonsense. Um, so we spend a lot of time in the forest. We're filming, you know, th- for, during different times of the year. Um, when I was a boy, possum numbers were high, deer numbers were high. When my old man was a boy, and he's dead now, deer numbers were high. Okay, and possum numbers probably were too. We're talking back in the 50s. That's when there were high numbers of animals. These days, deer numbers are extremely low in, in public land areas. In fact, they're so low, it's um, you can barely find cast antlers, etc. How did they get that low, though? They got that low a couple of ways. So back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, there became a commercial enterprise into exporting you know, venison um, and possum skins. And that was great. The, the private enterprise was the, the answer to managing New Zealand's possum, possum uh, populations and deer populations. Deer numbers plummeted. What happened was you could, back in, say, when in the 70s, there was a, a chiller where you could sell deer in every rural town in New Zealand. Literally, you could go to Turangi, you could go to Topo, you could go to Waikaramoana, you could go to or anywhere South Island as well. There were chillers, people buying wild venison. What happened was the, the choppers, the choppers were used. They would shoot them from the air. Um, yeah, I've seen the footage. It's 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 real sort of um, cowboy uh, stuff. folk hero oh, stuff. Yeah. Hmm. So the, the deer numbers over time were kept way down. And to the fact that what happened was there wasn't enough um, there wasn't enough produce. They couldn't get enough deer. So this this the 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 um, the chillers where they, they were buying them they slowly closed. And in the end, there was only the odd chiller. So there was one in Rotorua, um, one in, uh, you know, just a couple of, one in the North Island, one in the South Island kind of thing. The deer numbers got so low, they couldn't actually sustain it. And and since then, the numbers have stayed low. On public land, the, uh, sorry, on private land, you do get numbers of deer increasing in so high numbers, but that's because it's managed by individuals. Right. In the public land, the aerial poisoning drops also started and, and became a lot more prevalent, and that annihilates deer by 90%. Where aerial poison drops happen, the deer numbers stay low for, for five years or more. Uh, they can't reproduce. They can't explode in numbers. They only have one young a year, um, and they're extremely low afterwards. We film the drops, and uh, the carnage is, you know, it's obvious. Um, and, and so the numbers of deer are low. Possum numbers are, are low. Man can do these things on the ground. So but possum numbers were low because of the, the like the 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 skins, etc. Not because because what yep, we're trying yep. to get to is does has there been any effect in you know the core mission of um, of saving the forest? Let's say by using 1080. That's what I'm trying to yes. Understand. No. So, so we've got we've got a couple of places in New Zealand that, for example, the Urawera National Park. Uh, Waikaramoana, never been aerially poisoned, never had 1080. All it's ever had is is private enterprise possums when we were a boy, like when I was a boy, when we were kids. Um, that lasted a while. Department of Conservation issued blocks. You could have a block, and that was your block, and you managed it. You were not paid for this, but this was just through private enterprise, and you sold the skins. Right. In recent times, um, that's that system is still there, but it's not being done. So the possums are, in fact, a lot of that area there just being left to their own 
um, own means. But but that that area there is an example of where some of the best bird life is in the most healthy forests. If you go into that forest now through Waikara Moana, it's it's pristine, uh, it's healthy. The the the, the di- diversity of bird life is fantastic. We film it. We watch it. This the, the wild Kiwi population is as good as anywhere in the country. We know where they are. We call them and we film them. Um, and then also Stewart Island is another example, although the Department of Conservation is increasing their poisoning there with 1080. They're hand, starting to hand lay. They're killing Kiwi with the poison. Um, but those areas left alone and, and are far better off than where aerially poisoning happens. Um, there's certain species of New Zealand birds that do not go well with 1080 areas, and kiwi is one of them. They are eradicated where aerially poisoned uh, 1080 is spread. And okay, so what the hell do they think they're doing then? The, well, let's, there's, there's lots of issues that we can look at in this country at the moment, and you wonder what the hell are they doing? It's, it's kind of like it's chaos. Yeah, but this has and, been going on for a long time now. It has, and it's turned into an industry um it's a very it's a lucrative industry i think tb i think it's tb free because it's been a little while since i've been delving into the into the um data but it's it's, it's over 100 million a year right spent on the, so on there are a lot of ticket data. clippers in the There's chain lot, are there absolutely if you look on the tv wild website tv-wild.com and look at who owns the poisoning uh, agency in New Zealand who imports the poison and who owns the company that imports, it's government owned. It's it's the Minister of Finance and the Minister of uh, Primary Industries or something or other, 50-50 shareholders. Um, this 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 is a incestuous and, and um, deliberate program, in my opinion, to poison the forests to leave why, none- why deliberately to poison the foot? Because see, that's criminal. Well, it is criminal. What's going on is criminal. We're pulling our hair out. It's it's got to the stage where, uh, you, what you know, you just you hit your head against the wall. The public have been completely brainwashed on the um, on the on this idea of the terrible impact the introduced species are having. Now, the thing about it is, if they're having an impact, that's great. Manage them. And and it's happened in the past. Man on the ground target the species. Yeah, but they say that's there. not possible. I've heard them say that. I know, I know. They continue to say that because they've got a poisoning industry they're trying to protect. The thing is, it's it's certainly possible. It's been proven to work. If we look at the areas that I've just mentioned, if they would actually look and compare honestly, you would see that where where the forest is. Well, you can still manage stuff, but where the forest is left alone to its means. It does far better than where man comes in and poisons airily. It's um, and it's but happened. But, but these people are, are, are the, um, I guess you know, hold our conservation estate in their hands. It's yeah. like the fox in charge of the hen house. Mm. Um, I can't <laughs> believe that rational people could, because uh, you know, you, you said people have been brainwashed. I accept that, but also there's something in you, something in me that says. What you poison the natural landscape? That doesn't sound right. Well, here's the thing. This, as I've said, this poison is one of the most toxic known to man. Okay. It's it's banned in most countries for a good reason. We use over 90% of the world's supply 
easily over 90%. It's over four tonnes of pure 1080 compared to four tablespoons used by the USA. Um, the poison, the poison, the, the thing I think that we're going to face down the track that's inevitable is this the, this poison is being spread across all our forests. It's it's going, it's making its way to the aquifers. Now, this poison it metabolizes. What it metabolizes into is extremely toxic as well. So, so it's a long-term, um, it's a long-term result that's going to come. And we may start to see it already with some of these aquifers being poisoned at the moment with um, contamination. For goodness sake, I, I was recently in Australia in the outback. Um, they draw water from aquifers there. It's great water. It's not chlorinated. It's just pure water, ancient water um, in great, great condition. New Zealand, the land of beauty and meant to be pristine. Here we are. We're worried about our aquifers. It's uh, contaminated with all sorts of chemicals. And this 1080 is the worst of the lot. And the, and the, the, the nuts of it all is you've got scientists, and they're not scientists, they're dishonest in my opinion, the people involved with making this poison out to be safe. They try to call it safe when it is actually deadly. They produce studies, so-called studies, that are dishonest. They're, 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 they're blind, they're, they're masking the uh, truth, and it's, it's just... Um, it's just crazy. You know, we've pulled our hairs, hair out on it for, for long enough, I'm afraid. Um, Australia's looking brighter all the time. Yeah, can we name name names here? Who, who's at the head of this? Who are the individuals at the head of this? Because it sounds well, multi-generational for a start. <laughs> it's been going so long. But, it has but been who, going. Who, 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 let's name some names. Well, you've talked I about said, the finance minister starts, and the, we yeah, know well, the minister. It starts from there, but it's not them individually. For example, if you and I were elected as the, the ministers, we'd it'd be on our portfolio as well. Do you understand? So it's a bit Yeah, but I'd stop it. Indeed. I'd stop it. The difference <laughs> would I would stop it. Well, that's why we don't get elected. Oh, okay, so that's a condition of being elected. <laughs> yeah, well, it seems that way. But um so so it starts there. It's 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 a it's a philosophy now. It started since the 1950s, where there, there was this introduced animal phobia. Um, Professor Graf, incidentally, same name, but no no yeah, uh, relation, okay. came over from the USA in the 50s. He was he was invited over uh, to because they were interested to see what impact deer were having on the native fauna, on the native flora, sorry. And, and what he found was, even then, when the numbers were extremely high, he said there was there wasn't there was no big impact of course america has high numbers of deer as well but he found what he did find there was a introduced animal phobia way back then in the 1950s that's 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 where it started it's always been here um and this idea this romantic notion of new zealand you know being you know pristine with these but, but they must know that it poisons everything they must know that they know that and they, if you look at the research they say that it's safe Whereas you look at the USA, what they say about it is it's one of the most toxic poisons and must be treated as such. But you you say you you you've obviously got vast experience of being out in the wilderness, and didn't you just say before it kills kiwis? You know yeah, that it, it kills. It, it is known that research. It's on our it's on our website as well. It's it was re, it's, 
this is earlier research when the scientists are actually looking for the truth. The kiwi are known to eat the cereal baits, and 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 so that the aerial poison drops happen. Um, anecdotally, if we go back to areas where, um, say, 25 years ago, we talked to people like Western Bays of of Topo, kiwi were pre prevalent there. They were um, common. Now they're extinct. Um, well, we and do you think to, it's due to this? Absolutely, no question. Five five aerial poison drops over that time or more. Um, it wipes the kiwi out. It it's, has a big impact on certain species like the um, like like carnivorous or omnivorous, which kiwi are. Kiwi eat all kinds of things, um, and insectivorous. So, stock scientists going back twenty years warned that there's a great chance a lot of the native species in New Zealand will not be able to recover from from aerial from persistent aerial poisoning drops so it's documented that's documented on our website as well and they continue to go on and produce nonsense research to support this uh, agenda to poison the forest and it's getting worse Paul it doesn't stop there because now they're doing something called, well, zero invasive predators on their march towards predator 2050, predator free 2050. Okay, so they're trying to get every predator taken <laughs> out, are they? Is that, is that their, their fevered little wet dream, is it? That's the wet dream goal, to get everything done by 2050. Where, where, does, it, where does all this come from? It's insanity. But, but what it's doing is it's trying to fool the public into believing this dream, and the public are, are taking it up. They're actually... Well, the media example, aren't honest brokers. They'll never report it honestly, I'm telling no, you. No, no. So, Except for us, of course. Look, look, here's the thing. Have you heard of Oliver Island? It's next to Stewart Island. Um, it was, yeah, I have, it, yeah. It's a small island. It was meant to be predator-free, right? They they poisoned it with brodificum, another toxic poison used in offshore island operations to get pre predator-free. Well, Oliver Island's just about to, or has just undergone, another aerial poisoning operation of saturation brodificum to get rid of a couple of rats. That's the third time it's happened since it's been predator-free. Oh, so it's just like letting off a nuclear bomb just to it, get... It's exactly the same. It kills uh, it will kill every, every bird species there apart from the nectar feeders. This is insanity. Uh, what you're telling and, me is actually insanity is what I'm but hearing. It gets, but it gets worse because they want to replicate that on the mainland. This is insanity. Oh, they have to be stopped, don't they? <laughs> How do we do there's that? No stopping. There's no stopping. We've been working on it for years. There's a lot of people who are aware about this. There's a lot of good people. Um, I've been involved with, we've been involved with scientists. Um, Dr. Joe Pollard has a, a website, which you should look at, and all the listeners should look at. It's called 1080science.co.nz. That's 1080science.co.nz. She's, she's got a lot of documented doc research on that site. She's a scientist herself, um, and has produced that for for us all to uh, to to try to learn and understand. Um, another species, of course, that I didn't mention is is ten eighty and the kia. Now the kia are a curious parrot, but their their populations have plummeted um, during these aerial poisoning operations, and Doc does admit it. Um, so they're trying to defer the kia or to deter the kia from uh, consuming poison baits. Well, how do you do that? Well, they have little programs where they, they feed them a few um, non-toxic baits, but that make them sick and try to get them to stop this eating. This is perverse. 
This it's, is so it's, perverse. It's, this is like a horror movie. Listening, it's listening to a horror it's movie script. It's happening before our eyes. And here's something else, right? Now, Councillor Kathy White and I worked together on this as well for a long time. And count, regional council, 2000. I was going to ask you about that because you're there. Okay, carry on. Yeah, so we were in council and um, for a number of years. She was in there longer than I. The people liked her better. Um, but in any case, <laughs> so what happened is we worked together and um, we, we were making great inroads, in our opinion. Um, and what we what we discovered was that Department of Conservation, TB Free, which is Osprey, and even the Environmental Protection Agency had co-signed an agreement to permit aerial poisoning of New Zealand forests for another 35 years under the RMA. They were giving themselves a permit. And this was kind of kept hush-hush. We exposed it and, and showed that these guys were all Sorry, weak. shouldn't they be asking the people of New Zealand if they can do this or not? Well, that I mean, Don't we they... have a bloody stake <laughs> in our wilderness? No, we don't. So and they think they own it, do they? Yes, they do. So, so we we were exposing Man. this that, that they were all holding hands, and they were going to extend. Normally, a, a, a resource consent may go for five, ten years, and and so this resource consent was to drop poison for another thirty-five years, and it was being rushed through. A lot of the councils weren't aware of it was even going on to approve it or not, and before that was done, in two thousand and seventeen, Nick Smith. Pulled, pulled the requirement of 1080 poison and brodificum and one other rat poison from, from the conditions of the RMA, Resource Management Act, and no, it was no longer required that it would need a permit. Any of these agencies would not need a permit to drop this poison, and now they drop it without a permit. And so the aerial poisoning drops are, having, are taking place with minimal notifications even the property owners most affected are, are, are not being fully informed about the risks. Their animals are dying often, and it's covered up. They're paid out. We know this. We've interviewed the farmers. Um, it's insidious, and it's it's ongoing, and it's repulsive, I'm afraid. I was under the impression that Nick Smith, who's now the mayor of Nelson, by the way, um, had a degree, I think, in, was it biology or... Something like that. I'll I find think it's it. propaganda because um you Bachelor know, of Engineering, okay, uh, civil okay. engineering, okay, yeah. all right. Um, Look, these guys they jump on board, they've never been in the bush, they wouldn't have a clue. They wouldn't it's they've got they know nothing, they won't know the native species at all, what what they consume. It's they seem to just get on board with the Department of Conservation dream and this it's it's but it's not a dream, it's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, it's bizarre. It's it's. It sounds like they're kind of deranged. I think they are. I because, they are. They like be. I say, to the, to any logically thinking person, to the the idea of poisoning the the landscape like that to make it better doesn't make sense. First base doesn't make sense. In two in two thousand and eighteen. There was an aerial operation just in the Waikato here, as there always is. Every forest in the Waikato is poisoned almost. Um, and some farmers, um, a number of their cattle were poisoned. I don't know what it was now, over, I don't know, 10 uh, on their own farmland. And and so we went out and filmed, um, that was 2018, 
and um, we went out and filmed and interviewed them, and those videos are on our website there. But interestingly, these the farmers wanted compensation. They they followed the rules. They kept, they moved their stock where they told were told they'd be safe. The aerial operation happened. The stock died on the farm, a big number of them, and. I don't think they got compensation. We're still in touch with them, but I'm pretty sure they didn't get compensation. And not only that, the, the Department of Conservation buried the stock on their own land, in the in the basically in the creek in the gully. That's they objected to that, but they buried it any buried. It's supposed to be three feet underground, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 half a mile away from any waterway. They didn't get compensation. And then to top it off, they couldn't graze any stock for eight months. On that, on their land, their own land, because of the contamination risk. That's that's an example. Another example we had. You may remember uh, back in 2017, um, three members of the same family, an Indian family from Pitaru, uh, were poisoned after eating a wild pig. Yes, I vaguely remember that. Yeah. Okay, so that that was a big case at the time. It was called botulism. The media pumped it full of botulism. The moment this case happened, I was I was. I was suspicious about it immediately. So anyway, we ended up getting in touch. Uh, no, actually, the, the one of the members of the family got in touch with me and and told me, look, they're really concerned. The, the three family members are in hospital in comas and they they were they wanted to talk about it. Uh, and they were concerned because it was 1080 poison. And um Anyway, we we did three in subsequent interviews, including the final interview was with the poison family themselves. They all declared that the poison was 1080. The guy that actually poisoned, provided the poison pig, said he'd got it from a 1080 poisoned area. He said this to the lawyer. And, and through that whole period, and this is what really shocked me about the media, this is partly what opened my eyes about the lies of the media in New Zealand, and the cover-ups was they continually pursued botulism as the cause of the poisoning of this family. Now, incidentally, this family only used, chopped up a little bit of this pig, a little bit, the, the lady said there, that only a small amount. And they only had a few, the woman, the older one that was poisoned, she only had it, like she said in her stew, only four pieces. Thank goodness the two kids didn't have any. But anyway, they ate that poison. A few hours later, after the latent period, they all started feeling ill. Then they dropped to the ground, convulsing and, and vomiting everywhere through the house. The ambulance staff turned up and they were in comas in hospital for three weeks and their bodies were lashing out. They had to have several staffs, five staff. You'll see it. It's all on our website, holding them down with straps because of the convulsions. Now, incidentally, Botulism doesn't cause convulsions. Botulism makes your you body yeah. fully, fully placid. It makes it flaccid. So classic 1080 floppy. poisoning. Classic 1080 poisoning. So we went further. Councillor Kathy White wrote a, wrote to the um, to the um, professor Ian Shaw at Canterbury University and asked him to investigate the case. Um, we sent all the doctors' reports, videos, the interviews, etc. He concluded that absolutely not botulism. It's impossible to be botulism, and 1080 is the cause. And so, if you look that up now, that case, all you'll come up with is the botulism poison. The media pursued it. Now, I understand the 
I understand to some degree why the government does that and why these agencies do it, because they don't want the fear to get out. Yeah, but help. it's a lie. It's, it's a, a lie. lie. It's, it's we don't lie. like it's lies. Lie. We, we like the truth. Right. We like the truth. So we fought this and we produced our stuff. And once again, we were smashed in the media ourselves for doing it. But it's there. The interviews are there. You can watch them. They are fascinating. And that's just another case. D- you did know? they so fully recover, those people? They have. They we, we haven't been in touch recently. They recovered, but I don't know to what degree. And there was another case since then of a guy in Christchurch. He was at the poison factory, one of the poison factories that no one really knew was a poison factory, but it was. Why do they sort um, of keep them um, low profile, do they? Low profile. It's highly, to- it's, this stuff has no antidote. It's very hard to trace because it looks like a heart attack when you die from it. Um, it's, it's. Oh, is that what's happening at the moment? <laughs> is that why <laughs> no, so many people another, are having heart no, attacks right yeah, now? Yeah, that's another lie. But um, so, so in this case down at Christchurch, um, it was a worker, and he'd gone into the container, the, the, the new container from what I understand. One of the 1080 satchels or whatever had been displaced. He breathed in a little bit of dust and was in coma, same thing, comatosed for several weeks in hospital. He did get compensation, I understand, and that was confirmed to be 1080 poison, I understand, and WorkSafe find that it might have been a council. I'm not sure which one, but, but look, Paul, uh, the, the the poisoning of New Zealand, you wanted me to say, where are we now? Well, yeah. it's it's getting worse. Look, just just recently, um, the beautiful forest over in the um, east coast there, uh, the, the, the Rao Forest Park, uh, over 100,000 hectares, virgin forest, eerily poisoned. Maori approval too. So, you know, but there's, there's money involved. Uh, wait, wait on. Wait on Maori approval? Yeah, so... The way I understand it, there's many millions of dollars being um, in support money um, for for. Uh, you mean paying that? off the opposition? Any opposition? Well, it's I don't know, but but it's well, what possible support what could I'm, they be talking about? What I'm getting at is there's more that the creep of poisoning New Zealand forests is continuing for whatever reason. It's it's speculation why because. It's not for it's it's to kill animals. It's simple as that. Do you th- wait on? Okay, so do you think they're on purpose trying to destroy the environment? Yes. Now, why would they want to do that? Well, I mean, there's got to be a reason for it because it doesn't make any sense. I know it doesn't make any sense, and it's like I a willful life. destruction. Yeah. It's Man, just that's a, an anti-life that's... movement. It just seems like it's just oh, okay. Shit. So. Now that would track in with what else has been happening lately. Yes, yeah, well, I, I, it's to me, it's an antichrist, anti-life thing. It's a, it, I don't care what what anyone believes. I'm, that's just the way I need to understand what's going on. Yeah, well, we need to understand it, it somehow because it doesn't make any sense otherwise. No, it's 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 so it's wicked, Paul. What's happening? This poison, it's evil. the way it's used, it's wicked and it's evil. You should never look any animal. I don't care what animal it is, must not be poisoned with ten eighty. It's a terrible, terrible thing. Terrible and, way to uh, die, right? Yes, but but not only that. When you do this, so let's just say, oh, let's say that forest, you're talking about, oh, the possums are out of control. Uh, it needs to be poisoned. There's too many possums. Well, what's do you know what the problem with that is? Here's the problem. They'll eerily poison. 
They're poisoning at a rate so high that it's like a hundred times the killing power required to get the, the species anyway. It's a hundred times more potent going into that forest. Those animals, let's say that it's a forest that needs poison because there's too many possums and deer. Well, they are all then toxic carcasses, toxic, deadly. They lie toxic, around for a long to time. To lie right? around for anything, any bird, native species, insects to consume, Paul. That that in itself is obscene. Oh, okay, jeez. And who obscene. are these helicopter companies flying them around? Well, there's a number of them. Um, in the hunting their soul, world, they get they? boycotted. In the hunting world, some of them get boycotted. Um, unfortunately, the, the 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 pest movement is moving into the hunting world, and they're sort of getting support from that too, so, to some degree. But yeah, the area, the chopper companies are widespread. Um, they must know what they're doing. They know damn well what they're doing, and there's no way you can't know what you're doing. Um, on the TV Wild website, it has the rates of poison they're dropping. So it's only two kilograms a hectare per hectare, but that's enough to kill over 80 people per hectare, per hectare. And that poison's going, and don't forget this, and it's not me saying it. You can Anyone can go and look at a poison drop and observe how the poison's dropped. But you can also have a look at the official toxic flight charts that the Department of Conservation supply under the Official Information Act. So I request a number of them over the years of the different aerial poisoning drops. Those toxic flight lines show exactly how the choppers fly and where they drop the poison. And it's exactly as we see when we're filming in the field. It's across every waterway at the same rate as it goes onto the land. And this is a poison. This is this is a country where, especially in the Waikato, where farmers are poisoned for allowing effluent into their waterways the, the, the prosecuted, excuse me, for yeah, putting, yeah, yeah, the hypocrisy is through the, the roof in that case, right? And these guys come over the top of them. The regional council prosecutes with one hand, right, and then they drop this deadly poison directly into the water with the other hand. Oh with my god, we're living in a clown world. We're living, aren't we, Clyde? We're living in a clown world. Well, actually, I'm broken. I'm heartbroken, actually, Paul. Um, you know, it's gone on for so long. And um, you, you lose your, you lose, you just lose faith. Actually, um, surely something has to give at some point because if you're going to dump that much poison, and you're talking about aquifers, and, and this, at some yes, so point just, it's just, going to become so obvious that, that it's been destroyed. Yeah. So you just mentioned the, the point. I another point I wanted to make. Now my issue is with aquifers and water because it's a it's a very important thing for people down the track. The interestingly, so my Councillor White and myself. We've had meetings with um, Ministry of Health, what is it called, Medical Officer of Health, some years back after the Coromandel folk were having poison dropped into the water, not told, drawing the water, and, and we said this is... Told. Not Incredible. told. Not told at all. We've got it on film. It's there in the film. And the Department of Conservation, in a letter, I've got that up there too, said, well, the MOH, Ministry of Health, didn't require us to tell people and knock on their doors, so we didn't bother. No, oh, really. And that's in the letter. Now, but interestingly, since our work, I believe, into this, uh, the Ministry of Health, it appears, if you look at research it, is no longer issuing their permits, their side of it. They don't want it. They've washed their hands of this. Oh, so they know what's coming, right? They, I've got a feeling they've got. They've clicked now that this is a deadly poison they're putting in the waterways. They're permitting it. 
the medical officer of health had to sign off on these drops, right? So we've got all those, you know. Okay, so we know who we know we know who where, who where did, the guilt is there. Yes, but that that now they no longer are doing that. It appears so the medical officer of health aren't signing off. No one wants to touch it. <laughs> okay, well that so, maybe is an early sign of exactly, something. I think so. Yeah. Gosh. But look, oh, Paul, this, I mean, this was it's been a hard road, but one of the worst, one of the worst periods when was when back in 2014 and the first year of being elected um on Waikato Regional Council. It's my second term now. Yeah. Um, the milk formula threat. Do you remember that? The milk formula? Where the guy threatened to put 1080 into the milk formula. Yeah, phase. that's right. Yeah, I do remember yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. So that that happened, I believe, on in November 2014, and by damn, for six months, um, uh, the police were investigating and the detectives were hammering it and everyone was guilty, you know? We're all apparently, you know, capable. Were you visited? We're terrible thing. We were pressured and 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 felt like it was a terrible time. Um, and eventually some guy was um, was charged a year later but during in that time, it was a very troubled, you know, it, it was a time of paranoia. You didn't know who was going to, you know, be blamed or planned. <laughs> it was it was scary times. And this guy, he ended up getting eight years. And it turned out he was in the poison industry himself. He had a rival product and he was trying to get rid of 1080. So his product could. Uh, wow. That's a yeah. that's a twist. Oh yeah. So there's there's all through this this battle, if you like. I guess the good thing is up to this point we're still alive, um, you know, and um, because it is a dangerous, I think a dangerous area. There's a lot of money involved, a lot of. Oh, so um, you, so you kind of could be worried for your safety. Is that what you say? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Over the years, definitely. Um, it's it's a lot of corruption. You see, uh, in my opinion. Oh no, but New Zealand's one of the least most corrupt countries in the world, Clyde. Didn't you know that? Yeah, yeah. So whereas I actually say it's one of the most. In fact, it's so effective at being corrupt, it's it's looks like it's normal. Yeah, it's and, all under the under the. Table. Yeah, it's it's just a bureaucratic um, system. And, and, and why do you think the media are complicit? Do you think that's orders from on high, or are they just sort of dumb? No, it's definitely there's definitely it's it's the whole thing's it's like an unwritten um, right. rule. Everyone knows when you go into your thing, you know what the uh, general flow of the agenda is, and you follow it. And as you know, with um, Jacinda et cetera paying off the media. They all just jumped on sh on board, and it was pathetic. It's revolting. It's repulsive, um, and I've I've had enough of it. And and well, yeah, I, um, I think it's possible for people to be brainwashed because I've got a well, I call him an old mate, but he's not really an old mate because he's kind of crazy. But uh, he is a avowed conservationist, always walking in the bush, posting a lot of stuff about this. He is a real fan for ten eighty. If you try and tell him anything different, he gets angry. So yeah. people people are, are somehow brainwashed into this sort of thinking, uh, even well, at, at the same time as they claim to be, you know, a defender of the environment and a conservationist. So none of this makes sense, really. Well, if you have a nice teacher who you, if you have a teacher at school and you're a kid and and you have a lot of respect for this teacher, and they they seem kind and they seem like that, you know, well you you'll tend to want to please them and you'll tend to want to follow what they say. 
And it's a bit the same. You know, you've got these agencies, they wear nice clothes, they look, they talk like they care, and they're always sort of manhandling, you know, wildlife and saying, heck, nothing can survive without us. And and then you got the little green outfits on. Yeah, yeah. It's all it's a beautiful picture. And then they show what the results are like after a poison drop, but they don't show you the truth. They don't show you that they're dropping that poison into the water, that the crayfish in the water are eating it, the trout can be poisoned. People are drinking that water downstream. They don't show you what's dying. They don't show you that 20% of, of, um, of, of tom tits are killed in every operation. You know, that they don't show, they're not, it's not what the people are being shown isn't honest. Simple as that. And wow. Okay. Man, what a, what a chat. Um, mm. I, I got to let my blood pressure mm. go down a little bit. Um, can we see any end to this? Something's got to give at some point. It, well, sure. we always, yeah, we always cross our fingers that something, you know, there, there will be a tipping point. Um, I don't see it in the near future. But what I am starting to see that, yes, as we just mentioned, the medical officer of health no longer signing off these permits, that's a good sign. What I am seeing also is, and I touched on it, is with this Predator 2050 thing, Predator Free 2050. There's a department that's popped up called ZIP, and it's that's the acronym. ZIP is Zero Invasive Predators. These guys are, are triple, quadrupling the, um, the poison quantities. So instead of putting two kilograms a hectare of bait, they're upping it to eight, and they're doing it in two aerial operations back to back. So the first one goes in at four kilograms a hectare, and I'm telling you that's a, a massive amount of killing power right there that'll wipe out your invertebrates, insects. And then they follow it up two weeks, three weeks later with another whack. Uh, <laughs> these guys are doing areas in the South Island. They're doing over Taranaki area. Department of Conservation come along and then release a few kiwi into the area and then say, look, the kiwi are doing well. Um, they've got oh, so their, that's how they show some yeah, numbers. Yeah, yeah. So you look at the you look at the area of um, Tongariro uh, Kiwi Sanctuary. If you look at the data there, and I've got it on the TV Wild website, the, the number of kiwi they're killing over there, it's it's just obscene. So over there they'll 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 get the eggs of the kiwi. They protect them somehow. I'm not sure. There's just a number of them. They get them, catch them at some place, um, Rainbow Springs or wherever it is, and then release them back in. And over the years, these kiwi are just not they're not increasing in number. They're going down in number. Um, and then we look at an area like Okahu in the Urawera National Park. It's never been poisoned, the Okahu Valley. And Department of Conservation have been taking out kiwi eggs from that valley for years without anyone knowing, and we got this under OIA, and returned no kiwi stock back in, but they were still flourishing, these kiwi with the unpoisoned well, they must. They must realise this, yeah. So how could, in, <laughs> how, could it, how could it be anything else but a willful effort to poison? Yeah. Yeah, it's oh my god. Uh, as you said, New Zealand is not the place where we can preach the truth here. We can, it is it is beyond um these the 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 the, um, the majority of the public have been brainwashed um because of the broad scale media. When we first started back in 2006, the media was more open. We could we actually had stuff on TV. We were on Seven, seven Sharp. And, I remember that. 
Yeah. yeah, way back then, right? And it was a little bit more open and the scientists were a bit more this. Since then, the poisoning agencies have had a lot of money thrown at them, 100 million a year. It's greed. That, that money greed. is going filtering through to researchers, so-called researchers, to produce yep. dishonest results. I'm surprised the woman with the red hair is not endorsing it. Well, well, yeah. Maybe that's old her next Susie. gig. That's old Susie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, an expert in everything else. Yeah. Clyde, it's been, I don't know how to describe our chat. I mean, it's been fascinating, but it's it's been, it has a, a what we've been talking about has a sinister edge to it, I have to say. That's what it feels like to me. And I'm well, pretty good with gut feel. Well, I, um, it, there's no doubt about it. And this is the first conversation I've had with a uh, media that hasn't cut me off at every <laughs> at yeah. every point. Um, so it is a pleasure, Paul. And um, I well, we've been you... down this road also with fluoride. It's the same mindset, yeah. and I guess the well, same. Hey, look, if you if you want another if you want another conspiracy, here's my view on fluoride. Yeah, I believe the fluoride's being put into the uh, water supplies to mask fluoroacetate. So t- so um, ten eighty poison. Is no longer they're using the word or the 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 numbers 1080 where they used to because everyone knows what 1080 poison is when yeah. they see it. Most folk have heard of it. Yeah. Now it's just called sodium monofluoroacetate, which is the official name, but no 1080 is mentioned on the signs because because of the because people are becoming aware through our work and everyone else's work um, that that this poison, you know, this poison kind of scares them a little bit. But now it's sodium fluoroacetate. Now there's fluoride, the fluoro, fluoride part of sodium fluoroacetate will be appearing in, in water testing. Um, it, and I believe... This oh, is so you can cover it, you, ma- you can mask yeah, it. Masking. By, yes, by I believe, putting, I believe oh, that the need that... to put it into the, into the water supplies will be a, an effort or will be to aid the effort to mask fluoroacetate because the government have been leaning on councils most recently we talked to some bay of plenty councillors with massive fines if they don't uh, do it to fluoridate certain yeah. water supplies not all of them mm-hmm. certain i wonder if those certain ones line up with areas that have had 1080 well, drops paul are you in auckland no i'm in wellington Oh, hey, okay. Well, anyway, Wellington's water supplies are poisoned as well. All of them yeah, are. Yeah, no, I'm aware of that. So main, 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 all the main water supplies for the main cities um, uh, have aerial poison dropped into their um, well, catchments. Why, why in the Bay of Plenty would they want two of the water catchments uh, systems um, fluoridated when they had 14? But they only wanted two done. Why would that be? No, well, I, I don't <laughs> Well, no, I'm just thinking, well, are they it's, close it's, to where 1080 has dropped? Yeah, yeah. So interestingly, of all the forests, mm. let's just cut, let's work from Auckland down. So the Hunua's aerially poisoned regularly now, at least three aerial operations. Um, and that's right through, right, they drop that right across the waterways that go into those dams, the, the, the Auckland water supply dams. So those are all poisoned on a regular basis. Um, but interestingly, the Kaimai's now is the only forest I can think of in the North Island that isn't eerily poisoned. The rest are. So all around Taranaki, um, now the East Cape, apart from Waikaramoana, the Uluwe are just there, but that's the Tuhoi people, and they seem to be a little bit more... Um, They've said no, have they? Conscious, conscious, you know. And, yeah. and that's where we came from too. So we sort of grew up around there, and we've 
put plenty of our documentaries through that area. Yep. So uh, pretty well informed, we hope. So you've raised uh, the consciousness is kind yeah, of... Yes, yeah, that's what we hope, yeah. 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 So that's stayed pretty clean. That's one of the best forests in the country. But you go south, all the way down, uh, all the way down, um, east coast, uh, Hawke's Bay, um, Wellington, totally saturated, all of the forests. Um, there's four of them, Ararangi or something or other, um, Rimataka, um, yeah, um, uh, Ruahinis, yeah, um, yeah, all that stuff. Tararuas, Tararuas is a classic. They they call it Project Kaka down there to save the Kaka. Well, now they're nearly extinct in most of that forest. Oh, Kaka's nice. the one. Kaka's the one. They're extinct in the west coast of the South Island. We've been trying to um, ask people and find them. We've been down there in the last few years. Uh, we haven't seen a single kaka now. Kaka's the, the forgotten parrot. It's a beautiful parrot. It's a bit bigger than the kia. Um, it migrates quite a lot. It's in the Poriora forest still, but they come from Great Barrier. There's a, there's a corridor they use, that, and they fly and migrate, and etc. But they're impacted as well by the 1080. There's, that's a fact. It shows the bird species. You should have a look on TV Wild, tv-wild.com. Go and look under birds or something, and you'll see a chart by doc scientists of the birds that are at risk from 1080 poisoning, which ones have been exposed. It's old because now they've all been exposed. Um, in that chart, it was probably 20 years ago, but it says which ones are known to eat the baits, which ones eat poisoned insects, um, and and which ones are at risk of non-recovery oh for most of them. <laughs> Oh, it's um well, I mean, it's great to be informed, but it's depressing, I gotta say, to to mm. to process all this. Clyde, thanks for coming on and um for this chat. It's been really interesting. And as I say, blood pressure raising for me. Quite a few things these days seem to elevate mm. my blood pressure, but this has for sure. Mm. And um <clears throat> let's keep in contact. Anytime. And and maybe, you know, we can chat again if there are any yeah. developments. And sure. Um in the meantime, I guess as an elected fish, official, you've got what some, some say, some influence somewhere. I don't know. Have you? Uh, uh, well, you know, you open your mouth and you laughed off the podium, but um, that'll change at some tough, point. That'll you know? change. Mm. But, um, but what, I have noticed, Paul, what I have noticed is the uh, destruction of democracy, the destruction of um, of 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 peace, relative peace, if you like, over the years. Yeah. It's not like what, what's your age? If you know what's I'm, your ballpark? I'm 58. Okay, we're the same within a year or two. It's not like it used to be, mate. No, no, no. And uh, even in the last six years when I was in council last, the look it felt like there was hope that you had a little bit of influence. Now it's bureaucracy, it's all locked in, or well, the agendas are set. Um and it's and all about the money, right? It's all about the it's, money. It's and, and the power and the positioning of ownership yeah. of land and water, etc. As you know, greed. At least we can still call ourselves men. Is that what you are? You are you a male? Yeah, I'm. I'm a. I'm a man, and I think I, yep. I exhibit masculine tendencies, tendencies. and behaviours. <laughs> I care. I care a lot, and um, I'll go down fighting. I'm telling you. <laughs> Good. Well, thank, right, you, thank you. Thank you for the. Um, yeah, the 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 therapy. Um, it's good to <laughs> it's get like it out there. <laughs> yeah, we probably need it and everyone yeah. else. Well, yeah. yeah, thanks for coming on, Clyde. Yep. All the best. Thank you. All the best. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.